Welcome back, nerds. We're the 12 Sided Guys. <laughs> Was that too mean? No, I love it. That might have been a little bit too mean. <laughs> Listeners, we love you. We love you. We're still waiting to hear on what you want our name to be. We have Matt as Pine, a man who, if he had a magazine collection, it would be a stack of vintage Playboys, but just for the articles. Yeah, I mean, choosing the right humidor or how a trilby <laughs> is more than just a poor man's fedora, those kinds of articles, yeah. Scott as Roos, who would definitely have subscriptions to Esquire and Vogue. That's me. Jordan, playing Ebby, with a stack of National Geographic and Nature magazines that he hasn't read yet based on his nature roles. He's too busy reading Boy's Life. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like like that's like suggestive of something and I don't know what. Uh, Salutations? Question mark? (laughs) If anyone can tell me what Boy's Life the magazine is, well, I guess you guys can all Google it. It's the Boy Scout magazine. Anyway. Sabrina playing Nari, a woman with a muscle and fitness subscription and definitely more than one Bud K catalog. Hey there. (laughs) (laughs) I loved Bud K. I loved the Bud K catalog. I did too. And me, Paul, just over here with my Victoria's Secrets catalog. Okay, so it's a JCPenney's catalog. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sad. Thanks for coming along with us as we adventure through Pavantis, and thank you to everyone who has rated, reviewed, and recommended us to friends and family. It means a lot. If you want to chat with players and fans, you can become a member of our Discord. The link is in the description. And you can also come and meet us at Fanex this year in Salt Lake City, September 22nd to the 24th, 2022. There may even be karaoke one night. Lastly, don't forget that we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. Patrons get access to more content, including bonus episodes, character sheets, maps, and a wiki to keep things straight. Foxboy McStuffins recently became a patron, and wait, wait, Foxboy McStuffins? I I know (laughs) Foxboy. Nari and the boys had a run-in with him back in episode 15, Twilight River Cruise. (laughs) Brass, is this you? Are you trying to get into our good graces after you cut the lines on the riverboat and left Nari and the boys to the mercy of the Imperial patrols? Well, my friend, if you think we'll just forgive you for all you've done because you became a patron, well, you're totally right. All is forgiven. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you for supporting us. That's now canon. Anyway... If you ever visited the baths in the village of Ismet and caught a peeping Tom, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 73. I don't know that one. I actually started playing this game again today because I remember thinking as a kid, I love this game so much. It has to have some kind of staying power. And I'm surprisingly, um, I'm surprisingly enjoying it. What is it? It's Dragon Warrior 4. Well, welcome back to Bavantis and welcome back to the city of Marlek. We join Nari and the boys in this city after a flight in their airship, the Allele Eagle, from Arkelvy down to this beautiful sort of uh, Mediterranean-esque city um, called Marlek. It is dominated on the east side by this massive fortress that kind of sits on top its own island called the Bastion of Marlek. And there is a skyport. There is on the uh, western side of the city, there's a cliff and there is this Temple of the Stars. But our heroes, 
docked the Allele Eagle at the Skyport, made a friend um, who ended up robbing them and they didn't realize it. And then they went down to the Temple of Lord Laramie. It's only robbery if there's violence or threat of violence. <laughs> Would it be burglary then or just conning? I think we were conned. Yeah, I think we were definitely conned. You guys were conned a little bit. Well, he was skimming off the top, you know. So the docking fees were 10 gold pieces and you guys had to pay 20, but whatever, it's all good. I don't know if it's skimming off the top. That's more just kind of like 50-50. Straight up. You made your way to the Temple of Lord Laramie, where um, after a couple of interactions with the Master, Master Saman, who runs the temple, um, Roos and Master Saman went down into the basement of the temple and had a private conversation where Master Saman revealed to Roos, after Roos revealed he had these cursed blades, that Master Saman was aware of who and what Lord Laramie was. But he chose to continue his worship of Lord Laramie for two reasons. One, to help the adherents of uh, the Lord of Swords, um, as well as to appease the Lord of Swords, this demonic or infernal uh, being, as Roos and Saman were working to rid Roos of this curse of these swords. Back upstairs, Pine had a run-in with um, a young man who claimed to have been trained by the blossoming storm of the western sky himself. This young man, Tristan, then challenged Pine to a battle, and Pine destroyed him, like decimated him, like it, it was amazing. Thank you. And um, Pine revealed to this man, Tristan, that he was indeed the previous blossoming storm of the western sky. And as I recall, that the new blossoming of the storm of the western sky should not have that title because he did not take it from Pine. Back down in the basement, Roos and Saman went for it, and they took one of these swords out of the box, attempted to put it into this statue dedicated to Lord Laramie with an open hand, waiting for the blade. And as they did so, the sword overcame Master Saman, and Roos had to help him, first trying to shove the blade, the handle into the into the hand of this statue and then when that didn't work Roos had to take the sword himself and after a 21 wisdom save was able to put the sword in the hand of this statue and half of the curse was lifted from Roos and that is where we left off last time so here we are still in the temple of Lord Laramie we have Nari, Ebi, and Pine upstairs Pine is reveling in his victory um, and downstairs Roos and Master Saman are catching their breath after a quite harrowing ordeal. Man, I was just going to say, though, if if Ebby were to walk down the stairs right now and catch them, you're like, oh, man, that wrestling with our swords, man. Oh, that was exhausting. Breathing heavily. <laughs> what in the world is going on down here? When I couldn't handle my sword on my own and you had to come help me with it? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Roos is like, I feel so relieved. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, so down in the basement, as um, as uh, Master Salmon kind of sits up and collects himself, um, kind of wipes his brow a bit, um, Roos, you are standing um, there next to the statue. You can see, um, I think the way I described it last time, is just some of the edges of the carving of the statue have just the sh- slightest little glint of red on them. Um, and in your hand, somehow you ended up with the broken sword that was in the statue's hand um, originally. And that is where we are at with Roos and Master Saman. Uh, Master Saman sits up and says to uh, says to Roos, I'm gonna need to gather my strength. I appreciate your help in placing that sword. I would appreciate if you could stick around to help me again, should I be overcome. You may want to let your friends know that this might take some time. Okay. How much time do you need to rest? Hours. It's not so much rest. It's gathering my conviction and my willpower to attempt that again. I'll be right back down. He looks at the box and he says, actually, I'll come up with you. Let's, until these blades are placed, let's just stay together. You and uh, Master Salmon head up to the um, first floor. And as you guys get up there, you can see that um, this fight that was going on is uh, has wrapped up. Um, you can see that Tristan, the the buff guy with the uh, two-handed sword that Pine decimated, as well as his um, yes-man, Harvid, are going over, gathering their things. It looks like they are going to be leaving the temple, a little bit tail between their legs, um, as they were soundly defeated by a 76-year-old swordsman. But that wouldn't be Pine's intention. Pine... No, like, no. Like, I, so... Actually, I was going to say, if in the in the in, you know time when uh, we were down there with with Roos, I, I would Pine would actually be offering pointers if Tristan's willing to listen. Tristan is willing to listen. You sense that he is very sincere in his desire to be a better swordsman. You can tell that his pride is definitely wounded, but he he is listening. And um, some of what you're saying doesn't quite carry over because you fight you know one handed with a with a, an elegant thin blade and he has a big huge you know like I'm thinking like a like a a, fl- a flambers you know however you say that with like the little spikes you know that come out right by the right by the handle you know and everything it's just like this big beefy the wavy blade the wavy blade like this is just like a big beefy like Germanic blade but yeah he's listening and he's taking pointers yeah for sure yeah I would mean, I would talk with him you know talk through the different you know techniques that technically do transfer yeah, one thing that he was going to do that you can't do is he was going to try to parry your blow until you um until you rolled a natural twenty. <laughs> um, as you as you guys are cleaning up, you see Roos and Master Salmon. You should just tell him to roll better. <laughs> <laughs> well, he tried to kick sand in your eyes. That was going to be a, a big one with the blindness. But um, anyway, you see Master Salmon as well as Roos uh, come up uh, from the stairway. Well, you two look exhausted. What have you been doing down there? Struggling with some swords. Kinky. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't get um didn't, didn't get cursed with like some cursed polished rods. <laughs> yes. Could always be yes. worse, you know. <laughs> seeing seeing Roos come back up, Pine will shout over there, you know, like Roos, is it done? We're about halfway there. You're living on a prayer? i understand say no more and then i'll go back to tristan 
Friend, is there anything that you need? Anything I can help with? I appreciate that. I will probably need to be here most of the rest of today. Then so shall I. Okay. Is everybody else going to stay out there too then? I'll stay as long as, uh, as long as Tristan is interested in, in learning. You know, this is the first chance I think that Pine has had to, to be an instructor since he taught his, you know, he was coaching his, his son, Leon, and, and their family. So he's kind of, he's, he's liking this being a teacher. Yeah, perfect. Okay. All right. Yeah, then you guys can stay and hang out. What's Nari going to do? There is, um, there is some very fancy shops just up the street. There's also a beach. There is um, other temples to go check out. There's other places to see. Or you guys can all wait and do that together. Either way is fine by me. I think Nari's going to stay with Roos. I don't think she fully trusts this temple priest. And she just kind of wants to make sure that whatever happens is going to go smoothly. And she's a little bit concerned that Lord Laramie and maybe his servants are not as trusted uh, or should not be as trusted as maybe some of the other religious folks. I got to just say, Paul, oh, everybody, I love this meathead looking token guy. It's really cool. <laughs> Who's like, hey, I love him. Dude, he's solid. Yeah, that guy is a normal man. <laughs> I, I don't know if normal is what I would call that. <laughs> he does look like he's about to shotgun a beer. Is kind of what he looks <laughs> like. Did I just impress Evangeline Lily with my swordsmanship? <laughs> uh, yeah, wait, I didn't. I miss this this person. Hello, hi. <laughs> that is random woman. Um, and that is actually that. What's that website that you sent me to that does like the AI um, portraits? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's what that was. I have no clue. Somebody else made it. And I just like, oh, that's a that's an actual that one looks like a real person. I will then steal that one as a token. So, hmm. yes. Well, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Nari starts putting the moves on and we are going to head back downstairs then with Roos and Master Saman. Was Ebby going down there, too? Uh, no, I don't think Ebby is going well. Master Saman asks you not to. This is a this is a sacred place in the temple. Yeah, I kind of figured that makes sense. In that case, Nari is one hundred percent going over to Random Woman. <laughs> <laughs> you should duel her. You don't duel with axes here. That would be an affront to Lord Laramie. Heaven forbid we we offend a dead devil. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you make a persuasion check or a flirt check? I don't know. Oh, heck. I'm not very good at persuasion. Oh, my gosh. I rolled a six. Um, you go over there, you start talking to her and, you know, at first she seems kind of interested. Then she starts looking, you know, like at your waist and, and then she's looking, then she notices that you don't have a sword. And then she notices that on your back, you have an ax and instantly she loses interest. Oh, it's like you go try to have a conversation with her and she's just like, swords, 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 swords. (laughs) (laughs) Pointy, pointy, stabby. (laughs) Like swords, 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 swords. Some people say swords. (laughs) (laughs) Back downstairs in the, uh, the locked and kind of hidden secret shrine to the true aspect of Lord Laramie, we have... Bruce, as well as Master Saman. 
Master Saman takes up his spot um, in front of the box again, and he sits there in almost like a contemplative uh, praying position. Um, Bruce, is there anything that you would be doing now, um, talking to him or anything, or preparing yourself in case something goes wrong again? Roos is actually going to offer a prayer to Laramie as well. Okay. What do you say? So Roos will say... Sorry, you're dead. (laughs) Basically. I'm not sure what the afterlife looks like for the gods, but if you can hear this, I still mean to keep my promise on fulfilling your goal of preventing inevitability. But I can't do it with your swords. I love that you're like, I, I don't know what the afterlife looks like for the gods. That kind of implies that you know what happens after we die. <laughs> when normal people die. Oh, yeah. But the gods, who knows? <laughs> yeah. You are kind of saying this prayer. Master Saman is collecting himself. He starts to do his kind of heavier breathing, his preparing himself for uh, what very well may be the hardest thing he will ever do in his entire life. And he looks over at you, Roos. This is now after about an hour and a half or two hours of just preparing himself mentally. And he nods. And he quickly reaches down, throws open the box, grabs the sword. This time does not bother closing the box. Stands up, goes to the statue, pulls the sword that's in the other hand of the statue and tosses it aside as he, with a natural 19 this time, places the second sword of Lord Laramie into the statue's open hand, steps back, and breathes a very heavy sigh, and says, Nice. It is done. You did really good that time. His power was overwhelming. You say... He's dead. I don't know what happens when the gods die, but I did watch him get murdered by the angel of inevitability. He looks at you kind of um, intensely. He says, well, Roos, that is a story that I would love to hear. And... I believe it's probably a story that deserves to be enshrined here. Why don't you make a perception check again, Roos? Got a 19 that time. 19. As you glance around the room, you can see that the candles have burned low. It's a little bit darker in here. You look back at the statue behind you. And now, I mean, last time your perception, I think was like a 30 or something like that. With a 19. Yeah. It's still pretty obvious. This statue that I kept describing as onyx or like black marble or something, it is now veined with red. If you want to make an insight check, you can. Yes, please. Or we can leave it at that. Uh, 26 insight. You don't know what happens to the lords and ladies after they die. And you don't know what happens to demons or devils or infernal things after they die. You know that... Lord Laramie is some sort of infernal being. And you also now know that as long as these two swords are here, that there is some power 
of Lord Laramie back in the world. Well, Simon, I appreciate what you've done for me today. If telling this story in any way helps repay this debt that I now owe you, I would gladly do it. I'm only here for one night, though. I could tell it to you in person, but I don't know that I'd be able to write the whole thing down. He puts his hand on your shoulder and he says, another time then. When you are back through, come visit me here and we will we'll, we'll document what happened today and the story of these swords. Then he leads you out of this secret shrine. In the event that I'm not able to make it back through, go to the library of Lord Cadriel in Arkle V. And in the hidden library, you may find some of the answers to my story. I don't know what any of that means, but I will, <laughs> I will, I'll look into it. Um, he actually, as you are, as you are leaving, he picks up the box, this uh, lead lined box, and he hands it back to you. He says, these are yours. Thanks. All right. And then you go back up to the first floor. You can see Nari looking a little bit dejected. Um, you can see Pine is now going through forms and different stances with um, with Tristan. And Tristan actually is using a different sword and he's got a little bit smaller sword. He's kind of like trying that out and seeing if maybe that fits better for him. I'm going to be honest, this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Pine is like, I may vacation, I may retire here. This is amazing. I feel a little bit offended by that because if you actually look at the temple and you look at the top-down view, does anybody see the hidden picture in it? Yeah, it's a sword with a hilt and everything. Yay, you saw it. It's a sword. That doesn't make it not suck, though. I mean, they're just talking <laughs> about axes and then not, not appreciating when a fine woman comes up and talks to them. I'm an alpha woman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you guys see Roos come up from the basement and he, he looks different, I, I imagine. You, some, some sort of a weight is off his shoulders that you may not have even realized was there, but now that it's gone like for good, you can see that he is a, a changed man. Seeing Roos come up, Pine will say to Tristan, Unfortunately, this is where my training of you ends, but if you're looking for a swordmaster, Tabory, the captain of the Angel's Might, she could train you. Havid, write that down. And then a little wiener guy is like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure thing, boss, sure thing. And he starts writing down. Uh, very good. Okay. You may have to join her crew, though. <laughs> Roos, you, you look better. I feel lighter. I mean, I didn't say you looked lighter, but uh, <laughs> happy to hear that. Yeah, your, your girdle's not really hiding the weight right now. That vest doesn't do much for you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's straight out of that's straight out of the boys season three. <laughs> I've been watching the boys season three. That's a that's a Homelander thing. <laughs> season three's been uh, pretty intense. Bruce, you look and and uh, Master Samen, thank you for all your help. He gives you the soldier's handshake, the uh, predator handshake, and he says. You're always welcome back at the temple of Lord Laramie. Oh, I will be back. <laughs> and then he looks at he looks at Roos and he goes, and I appreciate what you have done for us. <laughs> I'm glad that this has come to a, a better conclusion than I expected. I don't know that I'll be back to the temple outside of that one time that I've got to tell you the story. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he <nods. laughs> 
Except for that one time, and then this time explaining that time. <laughs> then otherwise, I won't be back. <laughs> well, very cool. All right, you guys exit the temple of Lord Laramie. You are in Celeste Square. Celeste Square, uh, Celeste is actually the name of the empress of the Almerian Empire. And um, this square is still called Celeste's Square. As you step out, the sun is, um, it's past noon. It's actually heading down towards the horizon. Uh, it's probably around 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon at this point. Um, still plenty of day left to go and explore the city or do whatever it is you guys want to do. If you are still planning on staying here for one more night, we can talk about that. Or if you guys want to go shopping or if you guys want to go to the beach. Well, Roos, it's your day. What are you in the mood for? I don't want to do anything too heavy because I feel like that was a little draining on me. I might want to see if there's a bathhouse or maybe just go to the beach. I'd like to show you guys Bastion. We'll be able to see it from the beach. You could tan her cheeks. That seems like it would be a lot of fun. What is that? Well, Emmy, you just, you know, you, you put on a bathing suit and then you go lay in the sun and you just get tan. Yeah, you know how like you rust when you get wet and then it like dries? You have clothes at the beaches here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely different than men rust. <laughs> Mostly it's just the old people go and it's just leather as far as the eye can see. <laughs> <laughs> Sun dried and stretched. I believe that, Pine. I believe that. I think that that sounds like what that sounds like a wonderful idea. Let's go see the beach. Take a look at the bastion. Maybe maybe we'll find a bathhouse afterwards to wash off the sand and salt. Well, yes. Usually after you go on the beach, you have to wash out your cracks and stuff. <laughs> oh, the crevices. That sounds like a nightmare. Yes. Uh, Nari will kind of look at Pine and say, you know, all the uh, folds and such. You know, the older you get, the more crevices you get. Words <laughs> of wisdom, my friend. <laughs> What a horrifying proposition. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and, it, and if you don't take care of it, you get a rash. It just like rubs and like eventually it just can just rub the, the skin raw. I love the beach. And people seek this out. They, they travel for this. Oh, hell yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Um, you guys start heading through the city. Um, you guys head to the northeast, uh, kind of along some of these nice, uh, nicely paved and uh, well-marked roads, uh, past buildings and houses and stores. You go past another couple of, uh, like another church, a smaller one. When you guys were coming in, I described a couple of churches, a couple of temples, um, kind of more on the western side of the of the of the building or of the city that were kind of up on top of this cliff. Um, there are a couple other churches here, including the Temple of Lord Laramie that you guys were just at, that are a little bit smaller. They don't show up from the from the sky um, like those other two temples did. But um, as you guys are heading towards the gate for the beach, you actually uh, walk right past another temple. Um, that um, instantly Pine, you recognize the symbol for this deity. Um, this is an eye, like a, like an eyeball. Um, and this would be um, the symbol of Lord um, Astroman, who is the Lord of Judgment and Law. Um, one of the prime deities of, uh, of Menarest, of the, the six deities that they worship, um, Lord Astroman was, uh, was one of those. Lumini Snicket. <laughs> Again with the eye. <laughs> if you look closely, that eye says Lord Asterman in fancy script. 
<laughs> if any of our fans can make that happen, um, my hat's off to you. Um, as you guys go through, um, go past there through like this, this market, um, you can see the gate that you have to go through to get to the beach. Um, so while you're here at the market, is there anything anybody wants to buy before we move on? Now, no, explain this bathing suit. Can we buy one here? Well, I'll be honest. I, I've never been this far south, um, in vacation mode, but my, my understanding is that you just you put on as small of clothing as is appropriate and then you sit in sand and you hope none of it gets in your crevices. <laughs> <laughs> you could just wear your small clothes. Yeah, you could just wear your underwear or whatever. Or less. Yes. <laughs> less it is. Don't let anyone tell you you have to wear more. Okay. What's the fashion here in Marlek? Like, if we're fancy, passing by fancy places, like Pine would maybe maybe be interested in just picking up like a beret or something, right? Well, you actually you actually went um, the other way um, to get to the beach. So the fancier the fancier stores and like the big fancy inn um, is actually more on the west side. And so when you guys left the temple, you guys went through like more like normal town, um, and they wear. Um, light kind of puffy um usually bright colored shirts like the men and the women do kind of loose around the collar they have li- like little uh, strings to tie them up but they always they always leave them open um they seem very kind of airy and um and thin to allow you to stay cool they do wear tight pants but not like hose not like a uh, not like uh, Tristan was wearing underneath his pantaloons. Um, but they do wear tight pants, usually darker colored pants. And then they wear shoes, not boots or anything like that. Um, and what about the people on the the actual beach? What are they wearing? Oh, what are they wearing? Um, some people would wear like a loincloth um, and, uh, you know, like maybe like a, a thin shirt or something. Um, but um, yeah, just yeah, people are people are from all over. You know, the, most people who are here um, are from Marlek or at least from the Principality of Dathan. Um, but you get people from other countries as well. And as you are coming, like walking through town, you can see who the foreigners are just by their style of, of dress. And so you guys stand out because you don't dress the same way as these people do. But you're not uncommon, if that makes sense. See, look, there's a guy with a sweater vest, just like me. <laughs> As he goes and he um, steals an apple and then gives it to his monkey and then climbs on a roof. (laughs) (laughs) Nari will go find some sort of vendor that will sell her a um, loincloth bikini. Nice. And will put that on and then she will enjoy this beach trip. Perfect. Pine is seriously just going to strip naked and say, Ebby, can we put these in the bag? Uh, yes. You you should have the haversack, right? Yes, I've got that here. Yeah, just put those things in there. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. And just completely naked. Right. Yeah, you guys. So before you get naked, because you're still in town, people are still buying their loincloths. Um, you guys leave the city proper out through the gate and you um, head down a street called Sandy Way. The street, the cobblestone, as you're walking, you can see that, like, it almost looks like somebody kicked some sand up onto the cobblestone. And as you keep walking down the road, all of a sudden there's no more cobblestone and it's all sand. And you guys are walking down this sandy path. 
there are um, houses and shops and things. There's even an inn here called the Sandcastle. And then you approach the beach, which has some like pavilions set up out there. You can see people have towels that are stretched out. People are lounging and, and laying around. And um, you can see kids are playing. Kids are like, they have like a shovel and they're digging a hole and somebody left their doll by the hole. <laughs> <laughs> the doll has the face of the child who was playing with it on it. It stole the, the baby's face. That's terrifying. No, no. Oh my God. And then the child the child goes away with a face that looks like Ditto from the Pokemon cartoon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, um, you can also see that part of this beach um, is uh, used for like ship um, like uh, ships in the water travel, and so you see like people being tendered to shore on like rowboats and things. People bringing goods and things in from the sea. There's no actual like dock here. You actually have to anchor out in the water and then tender things across. Um, so part of it is used for trade and things. And another part is people just enjoying themselves. As you guys get down to the beach. Roos says the magic word for his armor and it uh, transitions into like really uncomfortably tight short shorts. <laughs> I changed what Pine's going to wear. Pine, no, now that there are kids present, Pine is going to wear old old timey striped swimsuit from the, the 1910s. <laughs> yes. Um, excuse me, is this nameless woman here? <laughs> <laughs> it's It's her three sisters. Yeah, I see her here a couple places. Does she have triplets? She's random woman temp's uh, stamp, okay, guys? Come All on. All right, well, you didn't have to make her so cute. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys um, get down here to the beach, you actually see that there's, like, some kids playing. Um, you can see people, like, laying out on towels. You also see, like, there is this um, this guy who is he's covered in scales. Like, he's got, like kind of a bronzy, brassy colored scales. And he has found a big rock and he is just laying like with his face and chest just plastered against the rock, just laying on this rock. He's straight up basking? He's basking, yes. He is straight up basking. Um, and you guys have this uh, this beach here to, to just enjoy, um, to go sit in the water, play, or just relax, whatever you guys want to do. Um, there's different people around as well. You can hear kids laughing and playing you see that there is um you know some locals and you also see that there's a couple people who don't um they don't they stand out a bit they don't fit in um kind of like you guys um you see there's one um woman who is kind of tall not tall like nari tall but you know like maybe six feet tall um she's lean she's got pointed ears dark brown skin and black curly hair tied back in a ponytail um and she is just kind of uh sitting uh, on a towel just kind of gazing out over the water. Um, you can see there's a family of short, stocky, bearded folk. <laughs> even the even their six year old girl has a beard. No, I mean there's like it's a it's like a it looks like there's a, a husband and a wife and and maybe uh, maybe two kids that are there and they are um, they're also the kids are playing in the sand and the uh, husband and wife are are talking and uh, other than that just just some people milling about and uh, the sun is. Uh, heading towards the horizon, but there's still plenty of sunlight left to enjoy some time here at the beach. You guys see the bastion across the way over there? It looks quite formidable. That was my thought as well, yes. 
as you look out, I'm just going to describe it a little bit better because now you guys are seeing it from a different perspective. As you look out kind of across this strait from the beach, you can see to that island that's off the off the east coast of, of the main part of the city. You can see now looking up at it, this island is basically just a cliff face sticking straight up into the air. The cliffs are easily 100 feet off the water. And then on this uh, on this cliff face, you can see this massive like drum tower that's kind of built out hanging over the edge, kind of over the water. Uh, it looks very, very formidable. You can see that, that from the tower tops and from the walls, you see these banners are flying that um, are actually um, the banner for the Principality of Dathan, which is um, a kind of a, a maroon flag with white drops like raindrops or teardrops um on the flag um, and that is what you see as Roos points up to the bastion so when i arrested kira that's where she was being held and i scaled that cliff wall with her husband and we freed her i feel very good about you talking about this Roos. <laughs> that's kind of where my life took a dramatic turn and what happened to your um, friend, I was never. I was never able to find Farron. I haven't seen him in well over five years, six years. It's been quite a while. Do you think he he might still be alive? I, I don't know. We weren't officially together the last time we spoke. That doesn't have anything to do with him being alive. Yeah, sorry. I looked for him, but I I wasn't able to find him, and I I didn't really pursue my contacts with the Howling Talon to see if, if he still worked there, but the last I knew, he was still a member of the Howling Talon. Where's the Howling Talon based out of? They're based out of Bear, sir. They have a field office here, and in many of the major cities, they have offices where where they will receive contracts. Is it worth maybe just popping in and checking in to see? I haven't been in to speak with them in five years, and I don't know that I would be received well. You're assuming that they would know you or remember you. <laughs> Ouch. I remembered you. <laughs> You're right. I think the majority of them wouldn't, but I, I fear that my old employer still works there. And and if he hears that I was looking around, he might come and look for me again. I, I don't know. What if one of us asked for you? We can we can poke our heads in and, and ask. It's decided. I'll do it. <laughs> Excuse me, do you have somebody working here who used to date a boy named Roos? <laughs> uh, his name is Farron and he is my son. Jesus, let's like come up with a better lie. He, he doesn't have my ears though. We adopted him. Yes. My adopted son, Farron. Whom I love. Ooh, I, you know, that, that's getting a little... Then I need to know a lot of personal details. I could just say, I'm looking for Farron. He's employed by the Howling Talon, last our record show. And if they ask what I need to talk to him about, I can say, it's a personal financial matter that I can only discuss with Farron. An uncle recently passed away and he's inheriting a lot of money. Oh, no, no. He's deep in debt. <laughs> <laughs> crippling, crippling debt. Crippling debt. 
<laughs> what was he thinking getting those three degrees? While these boys are talking, Nari is spreading out her towel to just kind of get some sun on her belly. On his <laughs> salary, there's no way he could afford that jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Pine, why don't you make a make a make an insight check, Pine. And Roos, you can make one as well. As you guys are talking about this. All right, uh, Pine's insight is a two. That's <laughs> natural two. Nice. I think this will work. Roos got a 19. Pine, you really do think, you know what? You think you, this has a pretty good shot of, 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 of working. Um, Roos, you, you like the idea. I, I mean, I think you see the potential in the idea, but then you also realize that these guys who work for Howling Talon are a lot like you. They are trained to look through and see um, the bull honky for what it is. <laughs> they, they deal with criminals and people who are on the run and they deal with liars and they are really good about figuring out who's lying. So not that this plan won't work, but you have that insight into the kind of people who work for Howling Talon. I think honesty would be our best bet. I'm fairly confident that they'll see through any sort of ruse that we might try to pull over them. Plus, I just remembered that I don't think jet skis exist in this world. <laughs> yeah, you said the word, and it, I just didn't understand what you were talking about. It just it just came out. I was thinking, you know, like... We're on the beach and, and all. Like, I don't know. Like, it seemed a reasonable idea. But you ski in the mountains. Yes, I was thinking of, like, skis made out of the stone jet. I thought he was talking about, like, a jetty... I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Joan Jet? <laughs> I do love rock and roll. Once again, everyone is slightly concerned that Pine is having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nari, you have gone and laid out your towel here on the beach. And um, yeah, I don't know if you meant to or not, but you end up a little bit close to this this thin, tall woman with the pointed ears, the dark brown skin, and the um, the curly black hair tied back in a ponytail, who is gazing out over the ocean. She kind of looks over at you, and then she looks back out at the ocean. And she says, it's peaceful here. I absolutely agree. Very much the opposite of where I came from. She nods, and she says, me too. Me too. Oh, really? Where do you hail from? She says, do you know of the city Kiwich? And you would probably know Kiwich is a city in the country of Ladrathel, which is far to the north. And um, it is a coastal city. Um, but Kiwich, back in the days of the empire, it was kind of where the empire stopped on their progress um, acquiring new territory. Kiwich was... That was one of the potential next targets for imperial spread. Um, but you would know also that Ladrathel itself is a country that's very um, rugged, lots of forest. And Ebby actually had some um, experiences up there in the forests of Ladrathel as well. Um, but yeah, that's where she is from. And she says, how about you? Where are you from? Not from here, I can tell. No, no. I've... Um... I've heard of such things as where you're from, but I've I've never been that far north. I'm I'm from the Glass Mountains myself. She nods and she says, "Rugged lands make for rugged people. Strong people. You seem strong." 
I would like to think so, yes. Ooh. <laughs> Is she flirting with you? What's up? <laughs> She's like, do you miss your home? I do. I miss aspects of my home. I miss my family. And I miss I miss the mountains and the peacefulness there. But <laughs> I've also never felt sand between my toes um, and a warm ocean before. So I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I can say that I've missed anything uh, when there's so much change around me. She nods and she says, I agree completely. I, I miss my home as well, but I missed it before I left. I don't know if that makes sense. Makes absolute sense. What, what brought you uh, so far south besides this gorgeous beach? I had to get away. I had to get away. It was, then she turns and she looks at you and you can, even without like an insight or perception check, you can kind of see just with your passive perception, there's a slightly haunted look to her. Not like, I've seen a ghost, you know, not like that. Not like the librarian from Ghostbusters or something like that. A ghost? <laughs> Pine gets out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> And all of a sudden hops here and he goes, zoinks. <laughs> she, uh, she says, Ladrithel is, it's not the same. It's changing. It's becoming more wild. Even in the city, it's, it's not safe there anymore. I miss my home because my home is not how it used to be. Not safe. The forest, they push against every boundary where before the forest would end. Now we have to go and cut it back every season because it continues to push and spread. And if we are not diligent, then it will start to overtake our cities. And even Kiwich is managing to keep it at bay for now, but I grew tired of living in fear of the forest. Do you know what's causing this overgrowth? Is it a god? Is it the forest itself? I don't know. And she looks at you again and she says, the forest in Ladrathel is angry. What's everybody else doing? So, Ebby, we're at the beach all, right? Ebby um, is not... Yeah, you're all Ebi's there. Ebby's not in a swimsuit or anything like that. Um, he is just standing on the beach awkwardly, unwilling to sit down because he doesn't want to get sand in his crevices. <laughs> Wearing his normal traveling clothing, but still has his disguise up, just kind of looking around awkwardly. Um, why don't you make a perception check or an insight check? Oakley dokely. Let's do um, perception. 23. With your 23 perception, you're not trying to eavesdrop, but it, there's that family of not dwarves. Um, <laughs> um, and there is like the man and the woman, they're talking, the kids are playing. And at one point, you can um, hear the, um, the man, his voice rises a little bit. And he says, I'm telling you, my brother said the house is gone. The lava flows, they're out of control. And then the woman says, quiet, you'll scare the children. And then he hushes his voice again, and then they start talking again. Interesting. Ebby's going to 
chime up or or move just a little bit closer and will say, pardon the intrusion, but I heard something about lava flow. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, where is this occurring? The uh, the woman kind of looks at you and she kind of puts her finger up to her lips and shh, shh, shh. And the man kind of hushes, hushes you down. And then he kind of, he waves you over kind of away from the water, away from the kids. And as he, he brings you over to a little bit quieter place, he says, sorry, we, we don't want the kids to be worried, but Gildazan, um, our home, that's where we're from. There were some, a crack, a fissure opened up and part of the city actually fell into the lava flow. Good heavens. Hundreds of people have died. When did this happen? I received a sending from my brother just this morning. And Gildazan, you would know, it's called the free city of Gildazan. Gildazan is um, further east. Um, it is a city in the mountains. Um, and actually, I think this has come up before in the podcast. You guys have ga- actually gained this information, I think, from Gerard a long time ago, possibly. Um, Gildazan and Valkanar, they're both called, one's the free city of Valkanar, free city of Gildazan. They're similar. They're like underground cities. I think Gildazan is not quite completely underground. I think part of it is above ground. Basically, these were cities that don't belong to any nation, and they uh, they mine and they uh, they make jewelry and weaponry and that kind of thing. They're your kind of classic dwarven city, but it's not just like dwarves who live there. They eat red meat on the bone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, malt beer. Gildazan is um, a very wealthy, prosperous city built underground for the most part. And it sounds like part of it has been affected by some kind of a earthquake or something. And a lava flow has opened up and swallowed part of the city. And then the man says, apparently our home was part of the city that was lost. I just, just thank the lords and ladies that we were here and not there. I am trying to stay positive. We're alive. Um, my wife is, she's having a hard time. This is a this is a great strategy when you and your wife are disagreeing is invite a stranger into your argument. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a classic strategy. <laughs> I appreciate you letting me know. I had no idea that such things were happening. I did not know either until till this morning. So now we have to decide where we're going to go. I think we'll stay here for a while. And then he wanders back over to his family. So Pine was in the water, but like that that old timey swimsuit is just getting like all full of water and stuff. He basically is going to pull it down on the top so that he like ties around his waist. So it's basically and he rolls up the legs. So he's basically wearing, you know, trunks at this point. But he'll have wandered over to the little kids by the hole they're digging. And he'll say, oh, my God, half naked. No, wearing swim trunks, swim trunks, wearing swim trunks. But he'll say, but he'll say. That's a good hole you're digging there. Are you planning to bury that doll? I recommend you do. <laughs> it's definitely following one of you home to try to kill you later. That is the creepiest doll I've ever seen. One of the girls says, hey, that's my doll. And then the boy's like, oh, I'm going to bury it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm going to bury your doll. Ah, let's bury it. And then they start to like fight and stuff. It looks like they were digging the hole to actually bury one of them like up to their neck. You know how kids do at the at the beach. But yeah. That's Pine. That's what Pine's doing. All right. Um, anything else anybody wants to do at the beach as the sun begins to set? No, I think, I, or at least for Nari, I think she'll actually kind of like be like, oh, well, it was great chatting with you. And then go back and kind of share 
the concerns about the northern forest with everyone else. Perfect. Ebby, how does Ebby feel about that? Northern forests, I think, he. I don't know that he would share this with the group, but immediately he's like, of course the northern forests would be uh, growing more wild and uh, more unstable. I can feel that fear growing around all of nature and Lord Moshe is driving it. Do we notice anything weird about Abby or is he just like, yes, cool? So um, why don't, since you don't want to share it, even though you're not actively lying, Abby, why don't you make a deception check and anybody else can do insight if they want to. Yeah, let's do that. A 16 on deception. Pine is not insightful at all. He rolled a three. Yeah, Nari rolled a 14, so. Uh, Roos got a 25. I could say this. I think upon hearing this, I bet Roos would notice that Ebi kind of looks a little bit distant, kind of lost in thought. And he probably sees that his left hand is kind of like, it's kind of bouncing at his side, like anxiously kind of like bouncing and the fingers are flexing a little bit. Like he just seems a little on edge. Ebi. We've had some rough things going on lately with those Ormax and that bishop that sacrificed himself, but you holding up okay? I'm I'm fine. It's fine. Uh, there's there's just I feel like we're running out of time, but I don't know what we need to be doing. Things are growing unstable. I agree. I think we need to get to Almar as soon as we can. I agree, although I don't know what we'll find there. I think we have a couple of leads, but I'm wondering if we just leave tonight. I mean, after, of course, washing the, the sand and salt out of our crevices. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> As one does, yes. Well, I mean, the, the, point, the point of my comment was maybe this has been enough of a break for us. Uh, it's been nice to kind of forget and enjoy a day at the beach and see a new city, but you're right. Our duty's pressing us onward. Nothing like a literal half day at the beach after breaking someone from a curse to really relax you deeply. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Pine, there might be something I can do to help. Ebby uses the mold earth cantrip to try to pull all the dirt out of his crevices all at once. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. They're just like this of sand, and then there's also like this dust in the air that just kind of like it just instantly poofs out of Pine's skin. It works. It works really well. Oh God, the smell. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> the smell. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I smell it now, yes. Whoops. <laughs> so then what is the plan? Roos, do we need to get you replacement weapons? I've got this chakram that I can use. As you say that, Roos, you also realize that you still have the sword handle in your hand from the oh. statue. Not in your hand, I guess. It, you just kind of tucked it into your pouch. I guess I've got this broken hilt too. <laughs> no, I should be okay with the chakram for now. Do you, do you feel like that's enough to get us back on the ship? Yeah, I think we should get moving. You guys clean up. I imagine the mold earth cantrip cleans everybody else off. 
um, and you make your way as the sun is setting, you make your way back to the skyport, this tower that shoots up into the sky with these big long piers that jut out over the city. And you can see as you're approaching, you can see the allele eagle tethered to one of those, um, one of those piers. As you enter the tower and ride the lift up, I would imagine some sense of reality is coming back to everybody. That little bit of time at the beach, you know, sparring at the temple, you know, even freeing yourself from that curse. I would imagine that was a little bit um, kind of nice to forget some of these troubles um, that um, have been pushing you along. And now as you are riding the lift back up to the the dock where the Allele Eagle is, I imagine that um, uh, you realize that it's it's time to get, get your game face back on. You get back up to the level of the Allele Eagle and you can see the ship tied off and you know that if you wanted to leave, you can just untie and sail away right now. To the Southwest. Let's do it. Yes. Onward. You get on the Allele Eagle, you untie yourselves, and um, you show your documents to the, the workers there, and they, they let you on your ship, and you untie yourselves. They try to get more gold from us. <laughs> no, they did not try to get more gold from you. Um, that guy is not here. I mean, he's, that guy's like loaded from all of the scams he pulls. He doesn't work late hours. The Allele Eagle pulls away from the pier and starts to head southwest towards the city of Almar. You know um, from previous trips that to get from Marlek to Almar is going to be just a little over three days of travel via airship. As you are flying from Marlek to Almar, you know that the majority of it is actually going to be flying over the Almerian Sea. You will be over water a big chunk of the time. Is there anything anybody wants to do before you guys get to Elmar? Any talking or conversation you want to have? Um, I did want to remind everybody that there was a an Ormec facility in the mountains west of Calta, I believe. Yes. Yes. That facility may be interesting. If nothing else, we might, you know, see if we can pass over and... Uh, Send in some of these liberators. They may find some Ormex there. Well, we may need to be a little bit more present for that as well. You see, Pine, when I woke up now over ten years ago, it was in a facility somewhere in the mountains in in Almar. And I wonder if it's that if we might be approaching that. If it's if it's that very one. Are you anxious? To return to the place of your birth. I don't know what to expect. You know, in a way, I'm drawn to it. There's a question mark there, and I feel like there might be answers. But answers to what? I'm not even sure if I have the questions <laughs> to go with said answers. Uh, I do feel drawn to it. I feel like it might be a place that might have considerable amount of information, and potentially there might be still a large quantity of Ormex that could still be there. They were waking up not just me, but uh, dozens of others. If they were waking up dozens of others, wouldn't they already be awake, though? 
Well, yes, I would imagine so, but perhaps they kept records of where they went, what their functions were, or where they where they sourced the Ormex from. It could be a key to finding locations throughout Pavantus. More information is always useful, especially if we're looking for any kind of facility, ancient facility they may have found under the city of Almar itself. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, I think there's a lot that we don't quite understand. Like, for example, the the statue in the bay uh, with its with its strange red eyes at night that would seem to glow. You know, there was no base to it, there's no entrance to it, but there's something about it that seems perplexing. And I don't think we'll learn anything until we go to to Almar itself eventually. I think that's as good a lead as any. We can go to Almar itself and and we can poke around. We can try to find Again, I'm very interested in the facility that we were informed of under the city of Almar itself. But I think that uh, this other facility, Ebi, where you came from, I think there may be answers, maybe resources, and maybe more of your kind who were maybe even waiting to be awoken when the shattering happened. This facility, was it modern? Was it built by the Almerians? Or was it ancient? Or was it a combination of the two? I would have to say it was some sort of a combination. It felt like a fortress. I remember that the the room that I was in had this large, multicolored, crystalline kind of array. And there were these cables that were connecting us to the array. It was somehow, it was the way that they were uh, awakening many of the, the Ormex that were in the facility. Um, I was able to push my way through and escape and crawl down, you know, the walls of this fortress and kind of flee into some of the surrounding forests and, and, and mountains. So I didn't get a, I, I didn't stick around long enough to ascertain much at that point in time. And, you know, I, obviously at that time I had just awoken. So it was all, it was all new for me. That must have been so confusing, so disorienting. It certainly was. Well, I am very interested in heading there if... Nari, Rus, if, if you would agree. I think, I think that's a good place to start our investigation. So, the city of Almar or the city of Kelta? Well, uh, the facility west of the, of the city of Kelta. When we go and investigate this tower... We need to come with as much knowledge as we can. Again, I mean, my hunch is, and this is, you know, just an educated guess, a hypothesis, is that the Almerians found the sleeping Ormex under their city, and in their, their attempts to enslave them were conducted at a facility far away from the city, and that would be this one here in Kelta. So, if there are records surviving, or if there are still even personnel there, they may be able to point us to the facility in Almar, which may lead to more answers to our questions. I think it's a good place to start, for sure. As you are flying towards the city of Almar, and then you have this kind of discussion about going to, uh, to the facility to the west of Kelta, instead, 
you uh, change the direction of the allele eagle slightly, um, heading a little bit further north. And you know that I imagine you have some kind of a map. This will add on almost a whole nother day of travel uh, from the city of Elmar. And as you look at the map, you guys can't help but realize that the city-states of Rocolia, this former Almerian province, is massive. It is very, very large. Um, three times as big as the former province of Arkelvi. You sail through the air over the Almerian Sea. You get to the point where the Almerian Sea and the Sapphire Sea join together. And at this point, it's almost four days of travel. Part of that has been over this massive island that you are pretty sure used to be a part of the Almerian province, but it's now its own standalone island. As you sail past the island and then again over, um, over water, you can now see late in the day on day four, you can see uh, a city. It's a small city. You see that it is this city that is built right on the water of the um, Sapphire Sea. And uh, it is relatively small. There's a river that kind of comes down from the west and then cuts through the city. Um, there is a wall that is around um, the outside of the city. And on the outside of, of the city walls, you see farmlands to the north. You see some, you know, some villages to the west and to the south. You see forest beyond that, and um, you also see a very large uh, cathedral of some kind. Um, it's it's more less a cathedral and more a, a, like an abbey. There are outbuildings. There is a um, there is a, a wall. It looks very fortified. It is like a fortified abbey or monastery that is just a little bit further west of the city of Kelta. And um, as you have a bird's eye view, you can see that to the southwest of Kelta, in part of the forest, you can see there's a small clearing. And in that clearing, there is a massive structure in disrepair um, and um, in terrible shape. The roof has caved in the... Um, Stones are falling over, um, but you recognize the shape of some kind of a religious building. As you get closer to the city of Calta, you actually can see that the eastern side of the city, it looks like at one point it was actually bigger. As you look down through the water, you can see the remains of a city wall and of houses and buildings that are now, because of the shattering, underwater. Are you guys stopping in Kelta? Or are you guys going to sail on past and try to find the facility from the air? I think it might help to go down and ask some questions of people. Hey, like, hey, we're looking for a facility. Do you know, anybody here work there? Know where it is or anything? Yeah, I, I think we have to stop there. We also have do have a good view from the sky. So I don't know. It might be disguised from this guy, though, because probably a pretty important facility that was would have been disguised. I feel like we should stop. Yeah, I don't think it hurts to stop. Plus, I want to see Drown Town. <sighs> Drown, Drown Town. Making my way, Drown Town. Have you guys not looked at the map yet on the wiki? <laughs> I looked at the map. I thought it was hilarious. 
you guys get closer and closer to the city of Kalta and then deciding to um, take a break and get off the ship for a little bit, maybe gather some intelligence here uh, in the city that is uh, apparently closest to this missing facility, you land the Allele Eagle in the water over what used to be homes and residences and you land next to one of these docks these new piers that stick out in the water. And as you lash the Allele Eagle to the uh, side of this dock, we are going to stop there for tonight. Welcome to Kelta and the, the city-states of Racolia. You are in another country. Uh, fantastic. Yay! Yay! You guys are world <laughs> travelers. Cola. You know what you forgot to do in Marlek? Ugh. What? You forgot to have us cross paths with the JV team. I mean, I don't think you forgot that. Oh, no, I did not forget to. <laughs> Pine Mrs. Burt. Here we go. I'm just going to let you guys in, all of our listeners in on a little something. I have a document um, that I keep track of. And it's at this point, this document this is a new one. It's called Chapter 6 Happenings. And in the city of Marlek, I thought that we would be spending a night in Marlek. And there are four different inns in Marlek. So I have listed, hmm, Pessimist's Pint. What'll happen there? Oh, this and this and this and this and this. Oh, the Ruby Window? What will happen there? This and this and this and this. So because you guys took off, you may have actually gathered some information about the JV team, but... You didn't stick around. You didn't ask any questions. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't go anywhere where they would have been. So it's all good. It's all good. It's important that we, the players, know that the JV team is still around and still doing some good. Anyway, if you guys like what we're doing, uh, go ahead, go leave us a rating and a review. Come join our Discord and talk with us. Let us know how you think we're doing. Only if it's good. I don't like criticism only positive. <laughs> Please don't be mean about our work. <laughs> Yes. We do this because we love it. Anyway, um, yeah, go check out our Patreon if you guys want to see some of these maps that I keep talking about and describing. Um, if you want to see the Temple of Lord Laramie, if you want to see what Kalta looks like from a bird's eye view, that is on the wiki. Um, so go check that out. Also, don't forget Fanex is coming up. Anyway, until we get together next time, we hope you have a pretty fabulous time. <laughs>